Welcome to the lunch hour. I'm Meow. And I'm the newsroom. And this is Cinema Australis. It is. And what's today's movie? Um, we're looking at the movie Chopper. Chopper. What That's, year was it made in? Uh, I think it was 2000. I can't no, remember. I, I should probably know that. Yeah, maybe it was 2000. That sounds about right. We're very well informed. Um, you look very podcasty. Um, do, do I? Of yeah. course. This is um, a remote episode. We're, we're not face-to-face. Um, but, you know, maybe it's a big comeback. And, you know, maybe it's a big comeback. And- you know, maybe it's a big comeback. And, and hopefully we can do more. We do more podcasting, essentially. I've got to say, you literally look like you're a podcaster in a podcasting studio. You've got this amazing mic, and you've got the, the earphones, and uh, it's really cool. I've specifically bought all this equipment so I look cool in Zoom meetings. Really? Oh yes. My God. Was it expensive? Um, no, it was about $300. And you can claim it on your tax? Yeah. Cool. Of course, because you've got a sister who's an accountant, so you know all the sneaky <laughs> tax things. <laughs> All right, let's. Um, I actually don't want to do a full synopsis of this one. Um, I'll give like a brief, like vague synopsis. Australian film, of course, this is Cinema Australis, and the movie follows the life of the notorious Melbourne criminal Mark Chopper Reed. It starts with him as an inmate in prison, um, and there's sort of a, a plot against a rival prison gang, um, the Painters and Dockers. Uh, he gets stabbed. He gets his ears cut off. Um, there's uh, reuniting with his girlfriend who he beats up, physically abuses. Um, he goes into hiding. Uh, there's a contract out on his head and eventually he kills someone called Sammy the Turk and is sentenced to, to five years prison. Hmm. So, yeah, the, the movie itself is kind of based on... Um, a book that uh, he, uh, Mark Chopper Reed, actually um, wrote, mm-hmm. and he was actually a, a best-selling Australian author. Yes, yes, he was. I, I'll have to admit that the first time I watched it, I was kind of I'm not sure if underwhelmed was the right word. I just did, I just didn't enjoy it. Okay. And I was you just like, what, much. what What? is this? What, what am I watching? I don't even understand it. Mm-hmm. This is dumb. Um, but on uh, subsequent watches, I've, I've kind of sort of got into the groove of what the movie is kind of about. Um, and I've watched some uh, like newsreels on mm-hmm. Chopper Read as well. And that's kind of really kind of cemented what the movie's kind of about. And when you I, say I when you first it. watched it, when did you first watch it? Um, last year, yes. And did you just kind of quickly watch and go, what the hell was that? No, I watched the whole thing and I was just like, why are we, why are we, why is this film in the yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, why yeah. are we watching this? And and I would read other people's reviews and then people were like, this is a great Australian movie. It's yeah, amazing. Yeah. And I'm like, are they, no, this is this is horrible and violent and mm-hmm. janky. But no, I've come around it. I think it's a really good film. That's so interesting. It's funny how it's great, it grew on you, and yet to get kind of more of the context. So for me, when I 
first saw it, I would have been in my 20s and it was sort of raved about to me. I remember my school friends telling me when it came out, which I think was in the 2000s, which was show my age, um, that it was really cool and, um, you know, they were really into it. Um, and I think some of those people were like the more dodgy people, <laughs> like they were, you know, might have had some bikey connections. So those, those people were quite into it. Um, but it had this kind of like iconic status. Um, and then I watched it in my 20s, like a lot later, and I was, I kind of enjoyed it. And I thought, you know, this isn't supposed to be taken seriously. Like this is not a realistic film. This is a fantasy. It's kind of a, a sympathetic portrayal. And it, it's just, it's like, it's trying to paint him as a lovable joker there's no truth in it like you the truth is a very elusive thing and I think it makes it clear that even like he's not telling the truth but that's okay he comes across as um the unreliable narrator absolutely yeah um, 100%. and I think there's also the what is it it's there's this there's kind of like this truth mm. in a lot of the things that are happening whether they actually happened in that way is kind of another story, but I'm sure you could say that there are there were things that did happen, and um, you know, and, and apparently he did confess. Like the actual uh, chopper rig did confess in the end, mm. um, supposedly. And you know, and is there any real truth to that either? You know, we don't. <laughs> yeah, the don't truth. Know. Is, the truth is very elusive in in this, um, and you've got to keep that in in your mind. Um, I, I really loved the, the way it looked and I liked the, the cinematography. I really loved the stabbing scene in the prison where he gets stabbed in the belly by his friend. Mm. Um, I felt like they were playing with like classical religious iconography. Um, like if you think of like sculptors like Michelangelo and there's that famous sculpture where Mary's holding Jesus and he's been crucified. Um, they played with those poses. Oh, okay. He's bleeding, like trying trying to make it like a almost a religious scene, which was really interesting and creative. Okay, well, that's an and interesting very different. take. Was like, how do you make a prison stabbing beautiful? And like the music and the way it was shot, I was like, that is actually a bit of a masterpiece. That just that scene. Yeah, I mean, uh, when I originally watched it the first time, I, I didn't really like the kind of. Uh, the kind of muted kind of palette that the film had. Mm. Um, and it just, for me, when I first watched it, it was like, this is, this makes the film kind of look cheap as well. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, when I've, I watched it again and it's kind of, you know, it's very intentional, mm. um, very stark, I think is the, you know, there's, it's purposely not a lot of colour. Yeah, they actually talk about, that they wanted not much colour in the prison and then when he's out of prison, they wanted it to be more saturated. Mm. Um, it's really, yeah, artistically um, very interesting. Okay. What does it say about Australia? Um, you first. We love our criminals. Damn, exactly what um, I was going to say. <laughs> and I think there's also the, uh, the violent underbelly of Australia. Mm. I mean, we, we have a television series called Underbelly, underbelly. which is just about criminals yeah for sure and, and i think it's one of those things where australia is probably one of the least violent countries in the entire world true um but the way 
the news kind of depicts it. You know, you, you've got all these drug dealers next door and, you know, you, you know, there could be bullets flying around and you better watch out. Mm, I'm totally with you there. I, I have taken notes about this. Um, I say we actually covered this point in our episode Australiana from Tim Tams to Vietnam that we like a criminal folk hero. Um, maybe it's due to the convict history here um, mm. and that's where that culture might have come from. So we like to celebrate a criminal if he's seen to have maybe a good heart or be a battler or be, like, quite dramatic or interesting. So, like, Ned Kelly, um, you know, he was quite dramatic. You know, he had the armour, the suit of armour and, you know, not going down without a fight, such as mm-hmm. life kind of thing. Um, and we like to say, you know, some convicts just stole a loaf of bread. They were trying to feed their families. You know, we kind of, um, we're kind of sympathetic towards certain criminals. Like we wouldn't celebrate a cruel murderer like um, Ivan Milat, but someone mm-hmm. who has a bit of heart or, um, you know, a colourful character um, with a sense of drama we might celebrate. So I feel like we've we liked a criminal that's a bit iconic, who has a look as well. Mm. Um, so if we take Ned Kelly, he's got the suit of armour and the guns and it's kind of really dramatic and stylish. Yes. Um, same with Chopper. Like you've got the aviator glasses, the tattoos, the rings, the singlet, the chain, the gun, the cigarette. Um, I feel like for someone to be iconic, you should be able to dress up as them as a character. And you can. this movie made Chopper iconic. Like you could go to mm. a costume party. I would love to see you dressed as Chopper, <laughs> the Asian Chopper. Asian so Chopper. Cool. You, you, you love it, right? Um, all you need is like, yeah. yeah, tattoos and the singlet and then the aviators. So I just feel it's it's part of that cu- our culture where we kind of like to celebrate a criminal who's not too bad. Yeah. 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 Lovable rogue. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, in his... Um in his book and his suppose real life he went after criminals and mm. that was kind of the appeal it was like oh he's not that bad because he's going after bad guys mm. um and instead of letting the police do their job i guess and, and who would know if that's true anyway but <laughs> it's a pop, it's a nice little spin on it isn't it mm. um mm. yeah he's not painted it, i call it a semi semi sympathetic portrayal so He's not painted as a good guy, but he's not painted as completely bad either. Mm, that's true. The flawed yeah. hero, as they like to. Was this anti-hero? Whatever. No, I don't think he's an anti-hero. No. <laughs> okay. no, not quite. Best performance? Oh, oh, yeah. It's other than Banner, I I don't know. There's I think um I I, I, don't, I don't know. There's a lot of Banner, really. Tanya's mum who gets headbutted. <laughs> they did that take 50 times. <laughs> she fell beautifully. Um, um, famous people. Like, I just want to um, wax yes. lyrical about Banner. I thought he was fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I watched it and then I watched some uh, newsreels and it's like that, that is him. He yeah, that, that was him. But better looking. Yeah. But then um, that, that's like movies. The person who plays you is always better looking. But he, he, there is a similarity as well. No, but the, the, the mannerisms, the kind oh, of... The voice? 
I don't know what the voice. thing is, the skittishness. I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but it was very eyes moving, left very right. spot on. Yeah, it was amazing, amazing. Really um, good Are there any famous people? No, not really. Excuse me, Vince Colosimo. Yeah, I had him down. Vince Colosimo was yes. in the castle <laughs> as the lawyer. <laughs> no, he wasn't. He was the lawyer in the castle, wasn't he? No, that's that's not not him. It's oh. some other person. Oh yeah, someone else with an Italian name. Sorry. So I'm just looking this up really quick because I'm at a computer now. It feels weird because most of the time when we're podcasting, we just kind of sit and eat lunch. Sit and eat lunch. Um, Tyriel Mora. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> that is so funny. Oh, uh, I, I wonder if he's. I don't think this Vince Colosimo was in it, but you know, maybe we'll have, we'll have to watch a Vince Colosimo film. Well, I'm going to say all yeah. Italians look and sound the same to me because <laughs> I am Italian. Um, another famous person, I guess, Renee Brack, uh, as television interviewer. Yes. Okay. And who's because Renee Brack? She's the person that does all the actual interviews in real life on television. Mm-hmm. Wow. They yeah. use television interviewer as a television interviewer. Uh, and I was like, oh, well, that's really, I was like, oh, who's that? And it's like, she kind of looks familiar. She's the actual person that does it. Yeah, it, it, that's why the interview is, it seems so, I guess it seems so natural as well because she's not, she's kind of, she's not acting in, so much. Job, yeah. She's just, yeah. Huh. Random trivia? I got a lot. A lot, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, Eric Banner, um, I want to talk a little bit about him. His full name is uh, Eric Banadinovic. Um, yeah, he knew he wasn't going to succeed in Australia with a name like that. Um, but he's of Croatian heritage. Um, he's, I think, from Melbourne. I, I disagree. I think he, Eric Banadinovic, just watching him. Yeah. I mean, he would matter. succeed whatever his he name would succeed. But no one's going to remember or pronounce it correctly. I think that's the better way to put it. Hey, that's like Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, he's not oh, Australian. Timothy Tim- Tim- Chalamet. He's not Australian. Okay, like no Australian <laughs> is going to bother to pronounce Banadinovic, or at least they okay. wouldn't have in the 90s, okay? Yes. Remember. Yeah. Okay. Nowadays, okay. We, would, we would go to the trouble of pronouncing it, but back then he knew right. he had to be Banner. It's, um, so Michael, it's like Michael Bublé, Michael Bublé, you know, the, the, the producer, the, the music producers or whoever, like, you are never going to be famous with a name like that, like Bublé, mm-hmm. <laughs> lame. Yeah. And um, his dad said, no, look, it's your name, don't change it. So there we go. <laughs> I think, yeah, I agree. Eric would have been successful, whatever his name was. Um, he was on Full Frontal obviously, comedy sketches, then had that small role in the castle. I mean, yeah, before um, the Chopper, he was basically known as uh, a comedian yeah. um, and doing skits on that. So this was... And then Chopper was sort of his breakthrough film and like, we're not counting the castle because well, he didn't have a main role in the castle. <laughs> um, and then, you know, he went on to do, you know, really great things. Um, I would... This is just... This is an interesting fact. This is me talking about my opinions. I was going to say, I think Munich was a great film. Have you seen that? No. Oh, so he's he has the lead role in the film Munich, and it's it's really oh my god, it's so intense, and it's I just was like it's such a great use of his talents. 
Okay. It's not an Australian film, but if you get a chance, see Munich. Okay. I actually think he's more talented than Russell Crowe. Sorry, Rusty. Maybe. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, I, I may. Am I actually may? Mm. Maybe. I'm going to say maybe. We, we're going to have to. We're going to have to um, do a do a crow crow banner um, face off. Face off. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Um, well, I, I reckon, like, because he's got Croatian heritage, I reckon, mm -hmm. like, you probably have another language. And then if you have another language, you're better, better with voices and accents. And well, I Rusty's New Zealand, so that's a, that's a whole other language by itself, Kiwi, really. Candles, <laughs> billy bins, what are they talking about? Sleeping policemen. Um, so I think he, that's why he was able to, like, nail Chopper's voice so well and, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um so this is this blew my mind. Okay. So on one of our earlier episodes, I love referring to our earlier episodes. Mm -hmm. I said that Eric Banner played a lead role in Mad Max. And then we did a correction. It was like, no, it wasn't him in Mad Max, it was Mel Gibson. But I thought it was Eric Banner just looking at him. Oh, okay. And then I looked into it and according he was interviewed and he said he, Eric Banner, saw Mad Max in met Mel Gibson in Mad Max. And that performance made him want to become an actor. Oh, okay. Six degrees. Brilliant. <laughs> I can pick up on the energy, man. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Um, do you have any trivia? Yeah. Um, so point? Eric Eric Banner actually spent two days living with um, Chopper Reed. Mm. And so so just understanding um, the character basically and actually living with him and yeah. That would be interesting. <laughs> okay. Like in his house, yeah. did he feel safe? <laughs> um, I, I think that's one of those things that seems to come out in the film where I think Chopper Reed, it, it's kind of there's a blurring of we're not just talking about the movie, we're also talking about the criminal where yeah. I think Chopper Reed is, so if you knew him, he would be, he would be the person who's like super friendly and nice. He'd be buying you beers in the pub for sure. But if he didn't like you, you would know. There, there, there would be no on the fence with him. You were either liked or not. It would be very clear, I think. Mm. Yeah. You're giving me Joe Rogan vibes. <laughs> Asian Joe Rogan. I don't say that. You don't like Joe Rogan? I used to like Joe Rogan, but he's gone a bit off the uh, deep end. So, yeah. Kind of anti or something. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, not not sort of, sort of. Uh. I don't know. I was never big up into him, but you know, as podcasters, we have to kind yes. of tip mm -hmm. our hats to those who are doing well in the industry, mm -hmm. in our industry, the industry in which yeah. we are in <laughs> that makes us no money. And now, a word from our sponsors: Markdown Meat from Woolies. This podcast is brought to you by Markdown Meat. Have you ever wanted to buy lamb chops but thought they were too expensive? Well, now you can get them at a fraction of the price, a little bit close to the use-by date. Markdown Meat. Okay. Okay. So uh, Eric Banner um, basically ate junk food for four weeks. <gasps> junk food? Um, so he could put on extra weight to play the character, Chopper. Well, I knew that he put on weight, but the how he did it <laughs> eating junk food for four weeks that's all it takes four weeks of just eating crap yeah wow Ew. 
Anything else to add? Oh, I've got a lot. Okay, I'll go. I've got one. So I want okay. to talk a little bit about the painters and dockers. So oh, okay. in the prison scene, they talk about how that line over there is painters and dockers territory, and they're sort of presented as a prison gang. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked into them, and basically it's a union in, in Melbourne. So the um, dock workers union, and I guess painters, people who paint, um, have a union, had an actual union called the painters and dockers union. And I guess wharfies are like a big part of Melbourne culture, or they were, especially mm-hmm. in the 70s. Um, and so this this union, this you know, ship, the wharf, wharf hands union yes. had criminal connections in the 60s and 70s. Oh, okay. Wow. Seven prominent members of the union were involved in the Melbourne gangland killings. Um, Jeez. Okay. The Melbourne wow. gangland killings, the ones that the people in Animal Kingdom were part of. I, uh, I wouldn't know, actually. I wouldn't know that off the top of my head. Anyway, we can look up the Melbourne gangland killings, but they don't sound good. Um, and then five members of this union were involved in the attempted robbery of a Trans Australia Airlines flight five four five four. So they tried to steal a, a plane. Not wow. not so much that they. I don't really understand it, but it seemed like they were trying. This plane was carrying six hundred thousand dollars from the Reserve Bank in Australia. Wow! And in robbery involved four men consigning themselves as freight. Oh, okay. So were they, like, inside a container or something? I don't know. I don't know. Um, But they were intending to steal the money during during the flight. Is this a movie? I don't know. If it's it's not, we have to buy the rights to this and talk to Netflix right away. I feel like hasn't when you were a kid, didn't you always say, like, I'm just going to post myself in a package, like, Mm -hmm. or put myself in a suitcase, check myself as luggage, and then, you know, end up in Timbuktu? These people actually did it. They consigned themselves, four men (laughs) consigned themselves as freight. I like that. I mean, it was unsuccessful. It was attempted. So how's that for trivia? Oh, well, our our movie will be a bit more successful than that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. um, Until... Wolf of Wall Street in tw- when it came around in 2013. Chopper was the highest crossing R18 plus film in Australian history. Interesting. Does it mean like the highest grossing R18 plus film made by Australian filmmakers? Did we make the Wolf no, of Wall Street? No, no, Wolf of Wall Street is um, Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay, so it's just saying yeah. like the one that has made the most yes. money in Australia. Yeah. Not I guess if world. you said the Australian made film, it'd probably still be the highest crossing Australian made film. I well, don't. I, I, I feel like everyone's seen it. Oh, okay. Okay, look, maybe not everyone, but everyone of a certain age mm. has seen it or at least heard of it. Yeah. So it would make sense. Um, that's kind of crazy because uh, you'd think Saw or something would have taken it out between them and. Well, it's, yeah. Saw's not really an Australian production, it's only the Australian director. True. I wish we should tip our hat to the director. The director was, I have his name here. I think I do. Um, sorry. Andrew Dominic. And he won an award for best director. Mm. But it was like an A, it's an Australian, Australian, Australian award. So mm. not international. <clears throat> it didn't have, it had limited release overseas. Um, but people who saw it overseas gave it positive reviews. Well, you know, there's um, <coughs> Leonardo DiCaprio said it was one of his favourite films when he watched it, 
And, um, you know, a lot of the, because going back to the violent underbelly, a lot of, mm. and, and you were saying that, you know, bikies really liked it as well. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, where am I? Do um, painters and dockers. I mean, there were, to me, there were, it was, there were comic elements. So I feel like it, it was trying to have everywhere it could put a joke, it would put a joke. Um, I, yeah, I mean, there's a, I think that's the, um, it's kind of a hallmark of the, the director where he's kind of juxtaposed a lot of violence and then this humor. Mm. Um, you, you know, there's a scene where he shoots uh, Vince Colosimo, mm. his character, and then he's like, oh, I'm, Oh, I better drive you to the hospital. Uh, similar to the bit at the start where he stabs, um, I don't know, he stabs the other prisoner. Yeah. And then he's trying to give him a cigarette, but he can't get too close. So he kind of throws the cigarette at him. Yeah. It's okay. kind of just like, oh, I'm I'm sorry about stabbing. Does it does that hurt? I was Ooh. like, oh. Um, for me, my the funniest points were when he shoots Neville and then the cash is in a frozen meatloaf or something. Mm. He's like, how long is it going to take to defrost that? <laughs> I was like, oh, God, we've all been there. I mean, wondering how long it's going to take to defrost something. And then when he's having his ears cut off, for some reason I found that scene hilarious because he's like, don't just soar at it. Don't soar at it. Um, and it's sort of like, it's like, you know, when you're getting a haircut and this, I don't know, a woman's perspective but like when you're getting a haircut and they're doing you're like oh god they're soaring at it yeah, I don't know it was funny I don't know it feels very kind of Australian where it's kind of <laughs> like do do your job properly we're not don't, don't stuff around just do your damn job get it and over and done with know, you know right? and yeah he's kind of like I could not imagine that he's kind of just sitting there and he's like can you cut my ear and you know, the guy's kind of, oh, okay, you're not going to get me back, are you? And he's kind of trying to chop it. And he's, you know, I don't know. It's probably, you know, you don't get great tools in prison to chop ears off. A good point, yeah. yeah. I don't know what he was using. <laughs> uh, um, do you have anything else? Um, supposedly, um, Chopper Reed actually suggested um, Eric Banner play him because he watched him on Full Frontal. Yes. I read that too, and I was like, "That's so cool. like, oh, okay." Well, he picked the, he really picked good talent, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine anyone yeah. better. That's actually, and it'd probably be the first person, first time a casting decision has been made by a criminal. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Okay, so there was a actor, Aaron Jeffrey. He originally. Uh, audition to play Chopper, but he lost out to Eric Banner. Hmm. Um, he would actually go on to play Chopper in the miniseries Underbelly Files Chopper from 2018. Well, presumably he had some sort of resemblance to him. Hmm. He might have looked like him. Um, yeah. Okay. Here's some weird facts about Chopper himself. Okay. Um, so... He went on a tour of Australia performing a series of shows titled I'm Innocent with a football player called Mark Jacko Jackson. I had to look into who Mark Jacko Jackson was and why he was involved. Well, he was a colourful character, this AFL player, and he was always getting into fights and he mm -hmm. was charged, suspended for unbecoming conduct after dropping his shorts several times during a match. 
Um, so oh, then, and that could happen. That could yeah, happen. Yeah, uh, very much so. <laughs> and then later, he also toured Sydney with his co-star. Are you ready for this? Former disgraced former detective Roger the Dodger Rogerson. Oh, that's <laughs> weird. Oh my god. <laughs> So that's you remember him from our Underbelly episode. So he was yeah, that police detective who was given all these awards and then yes. charged with murder and assault, bribery. He's actually gone to jail now. They finally charged him in uh, So he has to drop the Dodger because he didn't manage to dodge it. <laughs> Roger Rogerson. Oh, that's a pity. That connects our two episodes. <laughs> connect our um, our... Animal Kingdom one with this one. So yeah, he did hmm. stage, stage shows and he performed at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Wow, that, that is interesting. Melbourne, <clears throat> Melbourne International Comedy Festival um, with the comedian Doug Chapel, and they told stories on stage. Oh, wow, <laughs> that, is, that is interesting actually. Is um, I've got some more random trivia if, if you know what I mean. Um, so there's well-known Australian songwriter Billy Thorpe. Right. That is version of Somewhere Over the Rainbow. What? And they wanted that for the opening credits. Oh. Um, and they chose a different song. They chose a different song called Don't Fence Me In. Better choice. Yeah. Um, But the reason, part of the reason is Somewhere Over the Rainbow Mm. was written, of course, for Wizard of Oz. Mm. Um, And in the original stage version of the show, the Tin Men is referred to as Chopper. What the hell? The, really? The stage version. I don't. I don't think it's in the movie. Okay. So they call him. Uh, Cho- is that like his name? The Tin Man is called Chopper. Hmm. Oh. Okay. That would have made it really cool, but no one would have gotten that reference anyway. Like they would have just heard somewhere over the rainbow, and they wouldn't have thought. Unless they're real Wizard of Oz fans. <laughs> like, and you yeah. never know, there might be people That's... who are diehard Wizard of Oz <clears throat> and then... Chopper fans. And they're just like, wow, this art, just pure art. Sure. Oh, <laughs> I thought Don't Fence Me worked really well. Mm. Um, oh, you would so... have appreciated it with your country sensibilities. Yeah, yeah. Oh, give me mm-hmm. land, lots of land. Mm-hmm. Um... <laughs> So in, in this um, article from Sydney Morning Herald, uh, supposedly from, from, the, from the article, uh, he's been, the, the person who wrote the article, they've been told by colleagues on the crime beat that Chopper um, never actually took drugs and he never beat up his girlfriend. Who told him this? Um, his colleagues on the crime beat. And so, like cops, so, I guess cops and detectives. So a journalist was told this. Yes. Well, the, the person who wrote the um, review of the movie. Right. But yeah. how would we know what any if anything is true, if these colleagues yeah. on the crime beat are, are telling the truth or <laughs> if yeah. coppers tell it? Like, I think the whole thing is, like, you can't put a finger on anything other than things that actually came before a courtroom. <laughs> and even yeah. then, who knows what happened? Mm. Um, I thought, actually, I wanted to discuss the domestic violence scene. Uh, okay. You. Yes. I think that was the one scene that made me go, yeah, I don't like this guy. Um, and whether, again, then it's, it's questioned, again, whether it's true or not. But 
the way it was portrayed was I felt semi-sympathetic. So when she's shown as the aggressor, Tanya yes. picks him first. Mm. So it's like, oh, she started it. And then um, when he punches her, she's, there's a wall, so you can't yes. see the blows hitting. Yes. So that's, again, um, it's softening the blow to the audience. Like it, it's, it's less in your face. And then we see her like lying on the floor, collapsed, yeah. and just like, look what you've done. So it's kind of turned into a joke, not a joke, but like a, a twist on that stereotype with domestic violence. You know, the guy always says, look what you've done, blames the woman. Um, but it's, it's, I think it shows his character that he feels that um, he's not to blame for a lot of the things that he does. He's often you know, shown as, same as the apologetic violence. or sorry. He's often apologises to people, mm. um, but then we'll just turn on them and, like, shoot them in the stomach or whatever. But it's mm. like he's sort of, they try to show him as having a good heart. Um, but, again, who can be sure of anything? He could be a complete bastard. <laughs> mm. um, but I, I didn't like that scene at all. I mean, obviously, violence against a woman, but it was done in a weird way. It was, I thought, yeah, they thought they tried to soften it in a way. No, I think it makes it kind of, um, <clears throat> it's kind of more, it, it's kind of like the, a little bit more horrific in that they don't show the blood and they don't show the hitting. Ooh. And it's a bit Ooh. like. It's in your mind. That's yeah, like, it's like, you know, he, it, there's a, the beating and then you see her and she's just lying on the ground. Hmm. Um, and I think that's kind of done very kind of um it's kind of a juxtaposition to the a lot of the rest of the film where there is a lot of blood spraying around That's a good um point. and he does headbutt the mother and, yeah. and it's your fault for doing this it's so ridiculous yeah, yeah like it, his his words are ridiculous and i think then it's kind of turned into a bit of a joke which is even mm. worse but yeah. mm. my, my very last thing is um there's a interview that renee brack does with him in mm. tasmania where uh, eventually he goes Chopper Reed goes to Tasmania and lives how his life, I guess. He would. Um, I, don't, I don't know why that makes so much sense, but it does. He uh, because would go to Tasmania. I think one of the reasons was they, Tasmania at the time had lax, laxer gun laws than the rest of Australia. Laxer gun laws. Well, yeah, um, pre Martin Bryant, probably. Uh, it's kind of weird. In the, in the interview, there's this one bit where um, he gets an assistant called, called Trent. And Trent holds this bottle out, and he gets a sh- uh, not a, it gets a rifle. This is in the interview. This is in the interview. Okay. And Trevor, uh, Trent walks about I don't know ten meters away, and holds out this bottle. He shoots, and then he shoots the bottle. Wow, that's a. And it's just kind of like, <laughs> I would not be doing that at all. <laughs> how much he gets paid to be and a then, assistant. At the very end of that, he says he gets a, um, uh, I don't know, a, a six shooter, I guess you would call. And he says, oh, you have, just have to believe me that there's a slug in here. Mm-hmm. And he spins it and he points it to his head and he clicks it. Mm. And, then, and then he goes, oh, and then here's one for you, Renee. And she's like, mm. I don't really want to play. Oh my God. And he points it at her oh my God. and then he clicks it. Yeah. It's just like, so oh, like, boy. I can relate with the interviewer. But you never see the inside of the barrel, do you? No, but it's a bit, you know, to, to actually just do that. 
is just... I think that's part yeah. of his character. I think he cultivates this character of being a loose cannon, a mad mm. bastard, a lovable rogue. And then, but, but I also think that, you know, if there was a bullet and he did shoot someone, it'd be a, well, well, I'm sorry about that. You know, there's... Well, maybe we he got caught by the roulette wheel this time. Whoops. We don't we don't know what really happened. So he could have before the interview said to Renee, look, I got this gun, there's no bullets as well. Why don't we have a little bit of fun and we'll pretend to play Russian roulette at the end? And she's like, Yeah, okay. And then she plays along with it, looks uncomfortable, etc. Hmm. You know, it's a bit like being a magician, you know, there's a there's a trick to it. Okay. Maybe, maybe. Let's hope so. <laughs> Let's hope so. Like, I mean, he is would a criminal. Have, would have became very famous then. He did. <laughs> he did stab people and uh, so on. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, I do think there's a, a like a lot of a, of persona there, and I will say, um, he can actually he can sound quite cultured when he wants to. Like he can actually mm. sound quite um, educated and you know well spoken, and he to me he he gives me bikey vibes. Um, like mm-hmm. the bikies, for those international listeners, a bikey is a member of a motorcycle gang in Australia. We don't call them bikers. We call them bikies. Important mm. point. And usually there's a criminal under under uh, element, criminal element to a lot of these um, bikey gangs as well. Yeah. If you're a, a bike, you're a member of a criminal motorcycle gang generally. Um, so anyway, to me, he gives me bikey vibes. So like I've met some bikies over the years and um, they tend to be quite good humoured and um, they can even be a little bit cultured when they want to be um, and they kind of tend to embrace the lifestyle um, and they're not very low-key criminals. They're, they're easily spotted, they're flamboyant, they wear the leathers, the tattoos, the beards and um, I feel, feel like Chopper has a similar vibe in a way. It's that kind of flamboyant criminal where a lot of it's um, creating the impression of being meaner and tougher and nastier than you actually are and then creating confusion around your your image and you know what having really a kind of surrounded by kind of myth I Spoken guess and mirrors myth yeah absolutely um, mm. and then you know it could all be true that's the thing like you you never really know um, hmm. yeah I don't have anything else chop chop that was very good sure sure <laughs> yeah. okay until next time. This was the Lunch Hour with Cinema Australis. Thank you for listening. Bye.